don't be put off doing things because of what other people think. Other people are a lot more, a lot more embracing of what you want to do than you might expect. Welcome back to the Run Alive podcast, the podcast that explores running, coaching and personal growth. Each week we take a deep look into particular moments of guests' lives to provide learning and insight into their stories and habits. Running is the thread that holds it all together. This week's theme is transformation and we're going to be talking to someone who's going through a particular moment of transformation in their work life right now. But when I think about transformation, it makes me think about a couple of things. First off, it really takes guts to go through transformation. It can be a really scary time to live through, to decide to go through, and it requires a lot of bravery. Bravery is not not feeling scared. Bravery is feeling scared and doing it anyway. It also means you have to be really sure of your purpose whether that's finding your internal purpose or just knowing that the reason you're doing it is right. Gary, what does transformation bring up for you? Well, very similar. I think uh, acknowledging that transformation isn't easy, so there probably has to be a bit of a, a driver behind it. Maybe you have to be unhappy with where you are and what you're doing, and maybe that is a little bit about realizing that what you're doing is not aligned to your purpose as you've just said there Ed so there's got to be some dissatisfaction with the direction you're going to make you want to change and transform and the other thing I think is that the time has to be right and in that I think I would encourage people as they listen to this to, to kind of be kind to themselves listen to James's story about timing uh, there is a right time for all of these things particularly with major major life changes and sometimes they can't be rushed there comes a time when a dream becomes something you're going to do and that kind of bit where the dream rubs up against reality that's the bit where you need to be brave because I think too often they kind of rub up and you can step back and think I'm just not going to I'm just not going to do it Someone who also knows a lot about transformation is James Riley. James is the captain of my running club, the wonderful Ranala Harriers. And he's also my running coach and recently coached me to my PB at the London Marathon. He's been through a transition from his career as an actuary to setting up his own running business. So I used to describe myself as a father, a runner and a big four partner. And I was reflecting as I came on this that I'm still a father, I'm still a runner. And I guess I'm a coach, but I didn't know whether I was going to switch the coach and runner. They were sort of in order of importance. Um, and I sort of, yeah, I came down to I'm a father, I'm a coach, I'm a, I'm a runner. James, what makes you come alive? For me, it's, it's being in the wilderness with friends. And, and I'll, I'll include family in that you know they're they're my friends too it's it's not escaping the family it's being out in the wilderness somewhere um being with people being in nature that's uh that's an idyllic combination in the summer you you were you took part and completed the bob graham round that feels like a kind of ultimate being in the wilderness with friends experience tell us a bit about that 
Yeah, so so those of you that don't know, the Bob Graham round is you have you start in Keswick in the Lake District, you need to do forty-two peaks and you need to get back to Keswick in twenty-four hours. Sounds relatively simple. Well, it's about seventy miles and you've got about eight thousand five hundred meters of climbing to do. So it's one of the UK's three big twenty-four hour rounds. There's the Paddy Buckley in Wales and the Charlie Ramsey in Scotland. Um I think it's fair to say I absolutely love the Lake District and this had been on my bucket list for some years. I think had COVID not intervened, an attempt would have happened before this year. But yeah, I finally plucked up the courage to do it and it does take a bit of courage. It's something that as an idea that you idly discuss with your friends in the pub sounds brilliant. There is a bit of an oh shit moment when you um actually tell everyone you're going to you're going to do it um that said it was absolutely the best running experience i have ever had james that's it's an incredible achievement and you talked about the courage needed to say you're going to do it and do it and the joy of doing it looking back on it how would you say it's changed you what impact has it had on you i think it solidified something that's sort of been in me for a while which is you know runnings it can appear a solitary sport but actually you know for me it's about being with people you know for me what made the bob graham special was doing it with your friends and some strangers who blessed them came out and helped someone they'd never met before achieve their dreams that's phenomenal Great. What a great experience. That links us a little bit to the transition and the transformation that's going on in how you spend your time as a person. You're you're undergoing a bit of a career change, uh, which brings you a bit closer to spending time with people in the wild. For those who, who don't know, tell us about the transition that's happening and the transformation that's happening for you now. So I, I'm an actuary, for those of you that know what an actuary is. So I used to advise companies how to run um, pension schemes for their employees. Um, that was until March this year um, when I took a career break. And I took the break because I'm probably slightly over halfway through my career, but I've probably got another good 15 years of work left, left in me. Um, and I wasn't necessarily sure um that was what I wanted to spend the rest of my time doing that and that you know the kids are getting older um my eldest is 11 and he's a little bit reticent about spending time with his dad but the girls still really appreciate having dad around so it was it was an opportunity to kind of think about what I wanted to do in the future and spend a bit bit more time with 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 the family um so I so I kind of stopped work and I thought I'd spend six months just kind of decompressing from all the work things before thinking about doing what I might do next. And as part of that, I decided to do my coaching, my running coaching qualifications. And, and those were done with no particular agenda other than they were things I'd wanted to do but never had the time to do. Um, and as part of that, I coached a number of, of my club club mates um ed that includes you of course 
Um, and I found that a really wonderful experience. And I guess I'd, you know, I'd come into it thinking about the technical aspects of coaching, um, you know, how to get people to run faster, you know, you know, they're, they're kind of what, what sessions should people run, things like that. And, and I kind of, what I really enjoyed, and it comes back to the community part, was actually I really enjoyed helping people and talking through people's goals and their dreams. And, you know, some of the kind of, it, it, rather grandly, the psychology around it, like clearly I'm no, no psychologist, but, there, but there's a whole kind of mental aspect to it as well, which is as fascinating, if not more fascinating than, than the technical part. Um, and having done that, I had just had this nagging thing in my mind that could, could this be a career? Um, you know, and it's, it was quite a conflicted feeling if I was honest, because there was part of me that was like, I found this avenue, I'm really enjoying it and I really want to explore it. And there's part of me that was like, I'm just not sure it's going to work. Let's be practical here. Um, you know, you've got three children and a, a, and a wife. Can you really afford to be doing this? Um, so I was like quite torn between, between this. Um, I discussed it with Sally, my wife. And in the end, I think we decided, look, let's give it a go. Um, you know, we're lucky enough to be in a position where I could spend a year doing this. And if it didn't work, um, you know, we, we're not going to be on the, we're not going to be on the breadline. So yeah, I, I decided to give running coaching a go and see if I can make a career out of it. Um, and I think the point is, and I was talking to someone yesterday about it was, you know, I feel really grateful for the opportunity to give it a go and to kind of follow a dream. Um, and you know what? If it doesn't work, I can kind of, I can accept that. It will be disappointing, but I've given it a go and I've tried and I'll know I've, tr I'll know I've tried and it hasn't worked. And I think what would have bothered me is if I hadn't given it a go, you'll go through life going, well, what could have happened? So it's exciting and definitely pretty nerve-wracking. Sorry, long <laughs> answer to your question. No, thank you. I mean, all three of us, I think, have identified with those emotions and uh, that kind of conflict of, oh, wow, this is a, this is a, potential, this is a thing that means that I'm following my dreams, but also there's a lot of other considerations and worries and fears that can come with that. What was the trigger for change, James? Was it... Was it a moment where you thought, I, I just need to do something different? Or was it just a sequence of realizations that happened over time? I joined KPMG in what was now probably 13 years ago, I think. And I think I'd always wanted to be, for good or ill, I'd wanted to be a partner. And that was kind of my goal. And that took me seven years I think off the top of my head but once I've kind of got there after the initial euphoria of yeah I've made it there comes a moment where you go and what next and I must admit you know there was a period it was a period of enjoying having achieved it but sort of wondering 
what would happen next and exploring what would happen next and sort of them feeling, well, actually, I'm not sure I can necessarily see what I want to do next. I'm not going to be the senior partner of the firm or something like that. I don't want to be and I'm not sure I have the you know skills required to be. So I think it was rather than a sort of single moment, it was a, you know, you reach a point where you've reached your goal. And then you're looking for what next? And I couldn't answer what next. So having been through that experience and achieving that peak, if you like, what does, for the next phase, as far as you can define it, what do you think success is going to look like for you going forward then? For me, going forward, there are, there are two elements to it. And it was funny because I, I was actually talking to someone yesterday about it. Because I think success means, or it obviously means different things to different people. But I think some people take success as a kind of a financial thing. And, you know, I'm setting up a business, so don't get me wrong. You know, one of my things of success is, you know, can I make this financially bi- viable? More than that, and the thing that kind of drives that financial viability and the thing that drove me along this route in the first place was, can I help other people achieve what they want to achieve? So I think, you know, the financial success follows the other success, which is success to me is helping other people achieve their goals or their dreams or whatever it is, helping them get, a joy and a sense of achievement out of running in the way that I have had a joy and a sense of achievement out of running. That's brilliant. And so here's something we've been wondering coming in is, so clearly that definition of success is changing a bit for you. There is the inevitable, you know, you're a provider as well. So you've got to do some providing. What? I was curious about is, and and Ed and I talked about, do you think you have to have gone through that almost first chapter of defining success one way and accumulating that, those achievements in one way? Is that a necessary precursor to the next chapter? It's, I mean, it's a really good question. And I think at a personal level, yes, I think I had to go on, on that journey. I've kind of looked to success as a young, you know, as a young man about exam grades, about whatever, looked to success about doing well at my job and then stepping back and saying, well, that's great, but actually is there more that I'm I'm looking for? Uh, Risk of kind of generalising generations, you know, I'm generation... Yeah, I'm a Generation X, as I suspect both you are. You know, they're, they're, there's the sort of stereotypical achiever kind of slightly, I'm going to use the word macho, even though I think it applies to women, but there's something about, you know, doing the hard yards, you know, achieving, achieving kind of material success that was just kind of part of how I grew up or, you know, I, I, I was wired. And I kind of needed to work through that. Now, I'm not sure everyone has that same kind of psyche, has that same psyche. 
and possibly people are braver than I, I was when I was 21. I was born in 1984, so depending on how you define it, I think you can call me a millennial just. <laughs> I'm just correcting that right there. Um, but yes, I take your point. <laughs> Going back to what you said at the beginning, being in the wilderness with friends, you know, this friends thing and this other people achieving, that seems to be a real purpose that you've uncovered. When we spoke before, actually, before we started recording this episode, you were talking about that being the main thing that you really liked about when you were working at KPMG as well, the the kind of development of team and and, and that that kind of thing. How, How did you go about uncovering that sense of purpose? I think it was something that just happens over time. As you go up the corporate ladder, for want of a better word, um, you kind of get thrust into people, people leadership, people management, whatever you want want to call it. I mean, they're all awful terms, to be honest. And I don't think I had any aspiration, any particular belief that I would be any good at it. I think gradually, as I kind of ran teams, as I kind of coached, mentored, performance managed people. I found that that being able to kind of share my experience, be able to help other people develop was just something that I really enjoyed doing. So it it was just a gradual thing. And, and, you know, and I guess one day I sort of realized that that was what got, yeah, that was what got me out of bed in the morning rather than the rest of the job, which was, which was fine, but not, by no means as rewarding or as interesting as kind of develop, developing teams and helping people fulfil their potential. Joe, you used the word bravery earlier um, about people making choices about what they do in their career and their life. What, what, back to Ed's question, to come at it from that angle, what role does bravery have here for you as you have uncovered this purpose to step into it? I think I'll start that question by saying I certainly don't feel very brave. We'll we'll, we'll come back to what bravery means, but, you know, or, or perhaps it's worth making this point now that bravery is not not feeling scared. Bravery is feeling scared and doing it anyway. I think I'd always imagine you know, your kind of typical, what people would imagine a career trajectory was in a kind of white collar job, which was, you know, you kind of join a company, you might move around, you gradually get more senior in organizations. And at some point you kind of, you kind of retire, you know, and then again, coming back to my generation, perhaps generation X, perhaps that was, we were the last generation to kind of expect or, or have that perhaps as an, as an aspiration. The bravery comes in kind of stepping away from that and kind of dealing with the repercussions is the is the wrong word, but but kind of I don't know, stepping into something that you didn't expect your life to be. If I was honest, I wasn't expecting my friends and family to be of as supportive of this change of direction as they as they have been. So I think, you know, there's an element of bravery of even kind of broaching 
the subject with, with, with people. And I'm sure, you know, again, coming back to the two of you, something you, you've experienced, there comes a time where it's like, yeah, and it, it comes back to the Bob Graham thing. There comes a time when a dream becomes something you're going to do. And that kind of bit where the dream rubs up against reality, that's the bit where you need, that's the bit where you need to be brave because I think too often they kind of rub up and you can step back and think, I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to do it. So I think the bravery is that it, it happens at that, it happens at that point in these things. That's fantastic. So there's your expectations and the expectations of others in this as well, aren't there? And um, someone who's mentored me says a goal is a dream taken seriously, but that, that takes bravery and the bravery in the way that you define it as well, which is doing it even though you're scared. It's easy to think people won't be supportive of you. And my experience now is it is amazing how supportive people are of people of you wanting to follow your dreams. So I think don't be put off. Don't be put off doing things because of what other people think. Other people are a lot more... Um, a lot more embracing of what you want to do than you might expect, you know. And, and I guess now would be a, perhaps a point to say, you know, I look at my old job and there are reasons I wish I still had my old job. But they're not good ones. They're to do with status, how I measure against people, money, you know. Actually, you know, when I reflect, you know, those are not good reasons to do things, not unless um, there are particular circumstances. You know, I had plenty of money. I, I, yeah, I wasn't on the breadline, so you know, it it wasn't, it shouldn't be a driver in all of this. What are you going to bring with you, James, as you then leave behind that? bit of life to a certain extent and step into a new bit what are you bringing with you the reality is i'm taking with me a huge amount um because i learned well you will use coach here but i learned to coach people in my old job but i also learn how to develop business how to market myself, how to run a business. You know, there is so much that I look back on my career and think, you know, I, I'm, 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 taking, I'm taking with me. Running your own business, yes, it's not the same as being at KPMG, but developing corporate clients versus developing individual clients, there's huge similarities. I've always seen everything as people are integral to everything. You you can think you can go through life thinking that this is a kind of technical problem or this is a pro this is a problem with financial markets or this is a problem with manufacturing. But I often find that when you scratch the surface, it's not a technical problem. You know, it's a problem that involves it's a problem involved the solution involves people. So I'm hearing all of that gratitude for the skills and the wisdom and all those lessons that you that you get to to bring with you what are you uh, what are you leaving behind from that chapter of life 
I tell you, I'm going to give you the flipping answer first, and then I'll um, then I'll give you something serious. I'm leaving behind two-hour Zoom calls. I had one the other day. I just don't have the stamina for them anymore. Literally, I was exhausted after it. I leave behind constraints that organisations put on you is the thing I think I'm most happy to leave behind. You know, organisations quite rightly have goals and whatever else. And to some degree, you know, they'll be congruent with yours and to other degrees, they won't. And, you know, for me, I think the freedom to kind of do what I think is right all the time rather than what I think is right some of the time and what is kind of viewed as right by the organisation that I might not entirely agree with is hugely liberating. Yeah. And I'm so envious that you're giving up two hour Zoom calls to to go back to the flipping answer as well. But I very much hear you on that freedom and autonomy. So then, James, if I were to ask you, finally in terms of questions for me I think who who were you who are you and who are you becoming that's a really interesting question I was and it's been a gradual transition but I you know I was workaholics too strong a word but I was very driven by my self-worth at work um and interestingly, I think having children is the first point in my life where that kind of your self-worth being tied to work or my self-worth being tied to work kind of got loosened. And that and that sort of, you know, then that loosening bizarrely, you know, sort of goes further when all of a sudden I just discovered running and a whole, you know, I passionately love listening to music. I passionately love reading and things like that. But running was a kind of different passion to have outside work. And it was something, you know, that kind of made me, made me value even more the time outside work. I mean, clearly, you know, time with family, uh, with loved ones and friends is, you know, hugely valuable. But kind of running just kind of added to that and, and I think I just started to think there is more to life and there is more to what you what I can do in life that work full stop but particularly work that can you know can be all consuming someone put it to me that you need to be careful when you step into your own um setting up your own business that you don't make it what you didn't like about your previous life. You know, there's no point in being a running coach if, if I experience the same stresses as I experience as, you know, a pensions actually. What fundamentally, what have I achieved in doing that? Well, may, maybe I'm helping people in a different way, but from a personal perspective, what what have I achieved? So... I like to think I'm becoming someone who is focused a bit more on people and what I can do for other people. What would I love to do? To enjoy life for what it is. For good or ill, you know, you kind of want to shape the world around 
around you, but you need to understand what you can and you can't control. And there's part of me that just wants to kind of, you know, yes, I want to do my best. Yes, I want to make this a success. Yes, I want to help other people. But I need to accept the world for what it is and not what I want it to want it to be. What would, where would I like to go? I'd just like to be, I'd like to end up feeling like I've done my best and I can accept that. James, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and sharing this wisdom. Just to finish off, you had an opportunity last year to step away. Uh, that gave you the space to kind of uncover some of this purpose. And what you've come up with is your coaching business, which is called Run Unbound. Just to finish, tell us a little bit about what, why is it called that? Like what's, what's behind that and, and why, why, that's, why that's special for you? So I think Run Unbound for me is about helping people shake off whatever's holding their, yeah, their running back. I think my strap line, my strap line is yeah, helping runners achieve their dreams. To kind of to kind of paraphrase it, we've talked about transformation. If you want to dream something, I want to help you make that your kind of running reality and provide that that support. And and that's what the names meant to in, um, bring to bring to mind. That and I can buy the dot com with it. <laughs> that is definitely where the dream becomes reality doesn't it <laughs> oh brilliant thank you so much for joining us on the run alive podcast this week james um and uh yeah delighted to continue to run with you and continue to see how this uh this journey and this transformation um what well, where it takes you in the future brilliant thanks for having me Well, I really enjoyed that. So much that James had to say that kind of really resonated with me and what uh, I'd um, what I've been through in the last year or so. I especially liked what he said about not wondering what anyone else might think or not worrying about what they might think or whether they might support you. For me, that's always that's always a big question. I kind of have that need for approval, whether that's from my family or my parents or even those kind of people who I respect or who are around me even if I don't respect them <laughs> and um yeah that kind of really brought it back to me as I sort of transitioned out of uh kind of working for someone else to working to my working for myself um a couple of years back that uh you know when you break the news to people that you're going to be doing something a bit different that might not be what they envisioned or what they expected expected um, that was a real struggle and real, real worry for me at the time. Joe spoke to that brilliantly about those those expectations, but also his experience that you can be really positively surprised by the support you get and the lack of judgment actually that you get from from people, which doesn't make it easy. Uh, he he talked about the courage, didn't he? He threw that word in early on, and we came back to it. And uh, I, just speaking personally, I certainly know that's what courage looks like for me. Is having even that conversation with with my mum about here's what I'm doing with my life. It's going to be different. You maybe need to see me differently. Um, and hey, mum, 
it's all going to be fine. Your role in this is to uh, assume it's going to be fine and support me and, and don't worry. I, I know that's impossible. She's a she's a, an elite level warrior, my mum, but it, it's all... <laughs> I think that's just a fa faculty of mum. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of what they do. And it, and it does drive some incredibly supportive behaviours, doesn't it? But as we're, we're thinking transformation here and, and inevitably part of that is maybe... Um, letting go of things, leaving some things behind, dying to old parts of ourselves, and and you've got to bring some people on the journey, or maybe lose some people along the way, for sort of metaphorically or literally. Mm, mm, really interesting. Um, so for this week's Run Alive Go Do, we wanted to revisit that question that you asked, Gary, uh, to James at the end there. Who were you, who are you, and who are you becoming? Um, I think that's really important to kind of just get a sense of just where you are in this process and and almost self-assess a little bit and make sure that you are where you want to be. And if you're not, well, what could you do to to, to kind of go through a, a transformative period or transition in the next um, period of time? Uh, so we thought it might be an opportunity to sort of look at this together and share a little bit of our stories as well. So the first part of that question, who were you? Looking back, Gary, who were you? Thanks. Well, yeah, great question. Um, that, do you know, the first thing that strikes me is that there are, there are some good times and some less good times to address this question and these questions. And and uh, what made it especially good in a way for, for James and possibly for us, that's why it resonated, is because some moments of change and transition are more obvious than others. So it's, it's I'm like you, I think, Ed, at that moment of change where I can stand and look sort of either way and go, well, who was I? Um, who am I now and who am I becoming? Who was I? I think I was someone who had done a pretty good job of uncovering that red thread, which for me, through a career in things like management consulting and commercial work in a big corporate existence, the red thread had really solidly become about people. And I know a lot of people will say that. My particular sort of cord in that red thread started to be crystallized around helping people in a very particular way. So things like coaching them. Uh, I found that people came to me with their big career questions when they were stuck on lots and lots of different things. So what I was, was someone who had realized, oh, hang on, this is clearly something I love and I'm pretty good at. But I think I was someone who hadn't quite plucked up the courage to step all the way into that and to make it really, really central. If you stand sort of back and maybe look at a former version of yourself, Ed, where, where were you? It's quite hard sometimes, isn't it, to, to, to reflect on that. I, I was almost, almost the opposite from you. I really didn't know what the red thread is. And in some ways, I'm still working it out. <laughs> even going way, way back, even to when you do those sort of career tests at school and they say, hey, this is the sort of thing that you should do. I got like firemen and policemen because uh, I like sort of outdoorsy things and adventure in, in those days. And I've always wanted someone to kind of do the easy thing and put me in a box and say, well, you should be an accountant or you should be a teacher or whatever it is. But I've never, I've never found the box, right? I've, I've always, and I've always enjoyed like having a breadth of, of things that I can turn my hand to and apply myself in. Um, I used to work for a global charity and I think I, who I was, was someone who was really motivated by the mission of that charity but somehow kind of over time lost the fire, lost the um, drive 
But because of my personality of being able to turn my hands to different, lots of different things, I, I sort of kept myself interested one way or the other and had some great opportunities to, to learn through the decade I spent, spent working there. And some of that was, as you said, you know, the people management, the team, um, and others of it was kind of professional experience. It's been said before that uh, if you show some remote amount of competence, uh, often you get an extra job added to your title. And, and I think uh, I picked up all sorts of different opportunities and different projects and different skills um, through, working, through working there for, for 10 years. Okay. So let's stay with you. If that's where you'd got to, where are you, where are you now then? I'm still on this journey of discovery in some ways. Um, the background is I now run my own business. And what it is, is a, a communications and digital uh, consultancy for charities. And our vision is to do impact for good using thoughtful comms and digital. But that's not, that's still not really who I am. <laughs> uh, who I am is someone who's working out uh, how to lead a new business, how to run a new business, um, how to stick with a vision and see that vision come into reality and, and work with other people and have people on my team again um, and be focused on that, on that impact for good. Uh, that's just work though, right? And, you know, there's, there's so much more. I think it's interesting in the context of COVID in the last few years as well. You know, even if you haven't changed jobs or changed position even, probably the way that you work has changed um, and uh, it's changed for everyone. And I, and I think, you know, family therefore has kind of taken on a different position in life and it's really good to be able to sometimes go pick the kids up and you might hear them in the background because they just finished term this afternoon and just came home. And, you know, there are pros and cons from that, but um, it's kind of all bleeding into this kind of this is who my new, who I am now, uh, running this business and having some bit of time, a bit more balanced time to invest in things for myself. I'm, I'm really hearing the depth in your answer and the breadth in your answer, by the way, as well, because that, that is part of who you are to me, is you are super multi-skilled and, uh, uh, and also very deep in your thinking and in your sort of mission-drivenness. If that's a word, and yeah, I really hear where you're at, and and also the sort of integration of life in there. I'm completely. There's something also that really resonated. I don't think I would be uh, where I am now if I could kind of add my bit to that, which is so I'm stepping out of corporate life and letting letting go of much of that with an enormous amount of gratitude. But I'm definitely letting go. I don't think I'd be doing that if I hadn't had the the mighty pause thrown into life, which was COVID that everybody had. Um, arguably, I might even have been doing it sooner, but I think it in some ways accelerated aspects of it, um, maybe in terms of my internal change. And I think that's who I am now. I've kind of plucked up that courage to bring central to what I'll call my work, um, bring that helping skill set, mindset, way of being right central to my work. It's not going to be something I do on the side. It is going to be what I do and what and who I am. And that will look like helping people in the number of ways I do now. So, for example, I, um, I career coach people. Um, I coach people who are struggling with their leadership challenges. I absolutely love helping organizations and teams become more clear, directed, purposeful, and higher functioning. Um, 
they what's common to all these things for me is that I feel I'm now more equipped and capable and wholly dedicated to doing that helping work. And it feels like I've brought a bit more of my sort of essential self into this thing that I call my job or my career. Yeah, I mean, if I reflect back a little bit as well on how I know you, seeing as you did the same thing for me, I feel like there's a theme in what you just said about um, just really, yeah, finding that purpose. As long as I've known you, you've been, you've been kind of, you're very good at asking questions. You're really good at asking the correct, like the right questions to get to the bottom of what I'm saying. Whereas, you know, you very nicely said there was depth and breadth in my in my answer, which really just means I waffled for a bit, right? So <laughs> the great thing about you is that you have that ability to kind of cut through it and say and find the real driving point. And there's times of risks, aren't there, in life? There's times of risks where actually taking that step out you know, allowing yourself to do more of this um, career coaching piece and this more leadership coaching allows you to do it better because there's there's less conflict, but yet perhaps more unknown. Absolutely. I'm going to pick up straight there as well because you've put your finger up on part of the who am I becoming. And um, something that's really important to me is in what you just said is mastery and being good at what I do. And that, and I will humbly say, even though I think I'm good enough at what I do, I know I'm always going to want to get better and can always get better. So some of who I'm becoming is sort of ever more masterful. And I say that with complete humility and that I don't think you ever really get there. Um, Your context changes. We forever push forward the boundaries of what's known about people and the world. We forever unraveling things that were previously mysterious. Some things will probably always remain mysterious, by the way, and I love that too. But but I, I part of what I want to constantly become is more masterful, more helpful, more effective for the people that I'm working with. Um, and the other thing I'd love also to 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 be becoming is more uh, joyful in the work as well. Just continue to enjoy it ever more um, and count all of the uh struggles and strifers kind of blessings and things which are useful in the moment and useful down the line and just a source of fun and joy you can't answer this question without a certain dose of of humility because uh who are you becoming well wow I think the best I can get to is who I hope that I will become through (laughs) through this maybe and I think that um uh, I hope that I'll be able to become someone who's just more holistic between work and life, that this is a thing that I do. You mentioned joy. Yeah, that there's an enjoyment uh, and a good balance through that. And I think discovering, continuing to discover purpose is is really is really important. At the moment, that's I'm primarily doing that through my business. Uh, you know, running has been a part of that for me over the last seven to 10 years or so as well. And that's that's really helped me sort of ground myself the background of this podcast right you know running enabling me to be better in multiple other other spheres but yeah it's a it's an exciting time so just rounding off the episode that's our go do for this week take those questions away who were you who are you and who are you becoming and see if you can just find five or ten minutes to write down a couple of bullet points on each of those kind of take stock have a kind of personal audit on on where you find yourself in life right now. Change.